Hi everyone, and welcome to Beyond the Grid with me, Tom Clarkson. We have an absolute cracker of a guest for you this week. In fact, during these dark days of the coronavirus, how better to pass the time at home than listening to one of the sport's biggest characters of the last 30 years? The guy I'm talking about doesn't do introductions, so let's start the show by guessing who I'm talking about. Here are a few facts. He's Italian, and he grew up in a ski resort 70 miles northeast of Monaco. He started his working life at the Milan Stock Exchange, where he met a fashion icon for whom he'd later work. He's friends with Donald Trump. He became the commercial boss of the Benetton Formula One team, despite having no experience of Formula One whatsoever. And he quickly became team principal of Benetton. And the rest, as they say, is history. He won world titles with Michael Schumacher in 1994-95, and several more with the rebranded Renault team and Fernando Alonso in 2005-06. I'm talking, of course, about Flavio Briatori. Flavio occasionally comes to races these days, but we hadn't had a proper chat prior to this podcast since he left Formula One more than 10 years ago. It was great to catch up, and on this occasion, we met at Flavio's office in Monaco, where he runs his various businesses. You might be familiar with the billionaire and crazy pizza brands to name but two. The walls of his office are adorned with pictures of Flavio and Formula One, especially him with Michael Schumacher and Fernando Alonso. His was an incredible F1 career, but you must remember that Flavio sent ripples through F1 when he first arrived. The establishment didn't like him. After all, how could an Italian t-shirt maker beat the might, the Formula One royalty that was Ferrari and McLaren? Well, let's find out what happened. Now, those of you who can remember Flavio from his time in Formula One will know that his English is heavily accented. You have to tune in to his enunciation. Do that, and I promise that what he has to say is worth it. And to help you, I've split our conversation into bite-sized chunks. I started by asking him about his incredible journey from the fashion business to running the Benetton Formula One team with not only no history in Formula One, but seemingly no interest in it either. At the time, Benetton was being run by Peter Collins, or Phil Collins, as Flavio called him. The first race was with Luciano Benetton was uh, Adelaide. Had you not seen a Formula One race? Never. Prior to that? No. That was all Adelaide 89, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, and Adelaide 89, and uh, we see only the qualifier. Because uh, we, uh, after the qualifier, we fly to New York. So basically, was my first experience to see the car. And what can you remember what you thought? Nothing. Because, you know, Adelaide at the time was like a camping, if you remember, no? Uh, it was a tent, there was yeah. a marquee for the team, etc., etc. I, I asked Luciano how much was spending to doing all this stuff, and uh, I remember at the time, at the time, the cost of Benetton Group to sponsor Formula One was around seven million, seven million pounds, and uh, it's about it's the last money to be the last because Benetton was uh, was the last. And uh, Luciano loved, you know, Luciano. I see Luciano really uh, love motor race. And we go, we go back in New York. Uh, we we talk a little bit about Formula One, etc. But this was that's it, finito. So the trip to New York was to continue your duties yeah. working for Benetton yeah. in North I America. I was working for Benetton in New York. And uh, I was uh, kind of the assistant to Luciano Benetton in all the traveling. So we traveling in every place from Singapore uh, to 
eh, Argentina, tu Malesia, you know, Luciano Vasvili, incredible traveler to open the new shop, etc., etc. Whose idea was it for you to go and run? No, the idea was run no, 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 the idea was no mine, sure. It was a Luciano Benetto idea. After two years, I believe, we see all this uh, Phoenix situation. Luciano is coming to me again in New York and tell me, you know, now you are more free because, uh, you, have, you know, you're not managing day-by-day shop, etc., etc. Why we, uh, why, you know, coming to UK? I never been London in my life at the time. UK to, to help me in, uh, in, in this place, in the commercial side, because, you know, really, we are not happy. We spend a lot of money. We are no result. We have a, or tell me, you go there, you tell me, no, we close. So I go there. I met with uh, Ficonis, and uh, sure, he was not happy because he didn't understand what it was my role. So I stayed there one week to Maluciano, somebody from the office of Benetton, to, uh, uh, to give me everything I asked about money, cost, etc., etc. So after one week, uh, 10 days, I fly to Treviso. I tell Luciano, to Maluciano, for me, all you close, or we need change the management because these people look like he's working for the is a, a government uh, company, you know. But so Flavio, you had ten days experience yeah. of Formula One, yeah. and you felt confident enough to say that the management needed change. Absolutely, but you feel it, you know. You, you when you go in one place, when you go in one uh, restaurant, you understand immediately if it's, if it's the energy, if it's working or not. There you see was a, was a scramble, you know, was a, nothing. And because Benetton was Italian and, uh, you know, these people need uh, three million, ask uh, three million, uh, need five million, ask uh, five million, you know, in Formula One. If you give it 10, the people ask you 20. If you give it 20, ask you 40. Did you say the management needed changing with a view? Were you already thinking, I can do that? No, 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 no. At the time, no, because uh, really I want to go back in New York. I have already the offer from Donald Trump to, to, to work in, uh, in uh, America. Hang on a minute, stop. Donald Trump yeah. asked you to work for him? Yeah. In, yeah. in yeah. what capacity? What capacity? Well, it was uh, in the commercial side, in the new casino in Atlantic City. We have a, a discussion. And, you know, plus with Donald Trump, we have a... I remember I take Luciano Benetton to see Donald. Oh. I don't remember, maybe 91 or 92. You know, just Donald bought the plaza. I remember we are sitting in the office of Donald, Donald Luciano just bought, uh, bought the plaza. I connected Luciano Bennett to Donald because sure was something, something possible doing together. But, you know, at the time, Donald was not in the politics, was uh, in any place. And after that, I have always very good uh, relationship with him. And at the moment he need decide for doing the apprentice in Italy, he want me. Uh, after, if you want, I show you the video. He want me. <laughs> Tell me, I don't want nobody else. I want Flavio Briatore. Donald Trump, that's amazing. That's an amazing story. No, after, after I show yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. So basically, uh, after I left, I left. Uh, we, we spoke in Treviso. I remember Treviso was the, the guy was in charge of Benetton Formula. I was speaking any language, was Luciano, was the brother, and uh, we decided, I told him, my opinion, this place, or you close it, because like this made no sense, Luciano, like this, 
in five years' time, you lose, you, you put 70, 80 million, and the result is be like that because there's no vision about the driver, about the young driver. I mean, uh, the question is, ah, the good driver is not coming to us because we have not enough money. The good engineer is not coming to us because we don't have the money to pay. I talk about, okay, why you not tell Bennett about that? They cross it. If you don't have uh, the money to do that, in the meantime, you spend seven million pounds. Or Benetton, I mean, you, you tell this is what they discovered immediately. Me and uh, Collins, we are not in the same line. You and Peter Collins, not yeah, you, with Peter, Peter, yeah, because Peter was uh, the classical uh, motor racing fans and this and mm. that. Um, winning was not in the mind because we just set up the people, uh, the Benetton have was not nothing to do with winning. And uh, if you're talking about okay, maybe we need a different driver, tell you we don't have the money for the driver. Maybe we need restructure of a better engineering. Ah, we don't have the money. It was always like this. In the so meantime. was your message to Benetton, you've either got to get more in it or out of it? That was No, no, message was simple. I was not interested, okay? I done for favor because, you know, for me, the family, uh, Benetton is like my family, you know. I told me Luciano every, every month, I see Luciano, I was with him in Dubai two weeks ago. So uh, the idea was, I not, uh, I, the setup you have is a disaster. You have any pressure to these people, these people doing whatever feel to do, and uh, uh, no motivation, no energy, nothing. So we left like that, okay? One month later, Luciano back in uh, New York, we walk in New York in Fifth Avenue, tell me, you know, Flavio, it'd be nice if you go a few months in London. Forget London, this place is not in London. It's a, it's a three hour for London with the foggy, with this, it's a disaster. <laughs> But in London, Luciano was different. We talk about London. It's not in London. It's in the middle of nothing. So at the time, I was living in New York. I had the house in the, in the Caribbean. We have a, a pretty much a night ride. So again, tell me, give me a favor. I go back there. How long did it take you to feel that you had your feet under the table and that you knew what the business of Formula One and, and did you feel that you had the acceptance of... I don't know, the other team principals, Bernie? No, Bernie was really, uh, after the, the, the misunderstanding about Peter Collins, Bernie was talking a lot with Bernie because Bernie seemed very commercial orientating. You know, uh, Bernie was thinking about, you know, Flavio is not the guy, he's talking hour about the clutch, about the gearbox, because nobody cares. Okay, we're talking about why we spend the business, why we found more sponsor, what we did do to attract the sponsor, why can we do in the race, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to have more enjoying life to people, the sponsor. Why we didn't bring in the sponsor, the sponsor because it's uh, it's uh, dangerous. The, the sport is dangerous. We have the star, we have Senna, we have uh, we have Nigel Mansell. We have at the time really we have uh, the pilot with the big balls. You know, we have uh, the really men. You know. Now we have people at 17 driving the car. At the time, you're talking about Gerard, you're talking about uh, Ayrton, you're talking about Piquet, Nigel Manso. Do you think you taught Bernie a little bit about the commercial side? You don't need to teach anybody, but at least we have the same idea a million times, you know? A million times we discuss with Bernie. And don't forget, uh, Luciano Benetton was uh, always really, really present with me. I was talking with him twice a week. And Luciano Benetton have amazing all the time idea about the market and this and that and that. And Luciano Benetton said, finally, the team was there. So sometimes we finish six, sometimes we finish seven, sometimes we finish third. 
And after we have the race winning in Japan, you know, Japan for us was very uh, super important. So at the time, I was stronger again because in my mind, I thought, okay, Jesus Christ, it's not so difficult. So Flavio was now a team boss. But how was he accepted by his F1 counterparts? It's fair to say that in particular, he and Ron Dennis, the boss of McLaren, had very different management styles. And that was bound to lead to the odd clash. Because everybody scared me, you know, this. Uh, I remember Ron Dennis was, was talking like, uh, you don't understand. Always, you don't understand, you don't understand, you don't understand. I imagine you and Ron came at the sport from completely opposite directions. Uh, uh, you know, Ron uh, is the only one, in Formula 1, along with everybody, including Frank Williams. Uh, many times Frank is, was in, uh, in uh, Benetton. Uh, we're talking about commercial, we're talking about sponsor, we're talking about cost. You remember, it was only one. Thomas, we're doing this show, it's supposed to do it 30, 40% less and make the people enjoy more because more the cars are together, similar, more we have the fight between drivers. The people want to see the fight between drivers. So we Frank, with everybody, with Jay, with, only wrong, wrong, because wrong is, the, is a person at the time, I don't know now, I don't see, very arrogant. You know, uh, very, very arrogant, and uh, it is about his superior, you know, like, uh, it's not, uh, it's not. It's the guy arriving in the right place in the right time, and uh, build up a McLaren, uh, congratulations with him. He made much more money, not anybody at the time, only Ferrari was close. And he recognized that every, somebody is arriving in Formula One without background in the stomach or the motor racing, fell. It's not like that. What Ron don't understand is that managing people is the job. And after that, you have the vision, you have the technology. It's not uh, the chairman of American Express not be allowed to be chairman of the Lamborghini. Make no difference. The product in that Formula One is not a car. What uh, I told Luciano, Formula One is a prototype because you have 300 3,200 design to build up a Formula car. It's a product, and you need to make sure it's quick. But it's not a car. You know, people talk about a car. It's not, it's not a car at all. It's something unique, and to building this product, I call it product, you need 3,500. It's, it's one product you're building, because what is your cost is the first car, no? And after that, you, you're doing the replica. But they never see you need to be expert, expert in the car to building a Formula One. Nothing to do. You know, all the, all the mechanic was a driver, no? What kind of a, a manager of people were you in terms of, do you think people within the team were frightened of you? No. I think the people in the team realized I was a completely different skill of the management. And this Ross, one day is coming to me and I enjoy working with you. Ross said that. Because you do completely different respect to anybody. Not forget, I think so we found more sponsors in Formula One. We are at one moment, we have a more sponsor in, uh, in the team and not. Uh, I remember once Passimo was coming to my office and tell me about the sticker, you know, because for this engineering, the sticker in the end put the car heavy. I talk about, okay, I take out all the sticker and you don't have the money to race, you choose. Car with the sticker <laughs> or car without sticker, you don't race. You just tell me what you guys you prefer do. And what did Pat say to that? Sticker is fine. <laughs> no, but uh, with Pat as well, yeah. we, have a, we have a very strong team. We, we have a, you know, at the time, my bedroom was in the office. 
because doing a, doing a uh, two hour a day back and forth was impossible. So I spent the day, I spent a, 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 a lot of time in the office. So I wake up in the morning, I go to the canteen at six o'clock with the mechanic, when the people start, and finish at one, one thirty. Normally we have a dinner in the canteen, and for this, the canteen was quite good because I was eating every day in the canteen. Was, uh, With the guys, yeah. getting to know everybody. Yeah. Flavio clearly knew a thing or two about man management, but one of his other great skills was recognising what he didn't know about F1 in the early days. He sought the advice of people like then F1 star Bernie Ecclestone, although he admits that both Bernie and FIA president Max Mosley weren't best pleased when Benetton became a championship-winning machine. Because for Bernie, for Max, to have a Benetton winning was a, a disaster. Why? Why was it? Because if Benetton winning against Ferrari, against McLaren, against everybody, was not really... It's like if you have a, a championship, football championship, like Leicester won last year, in, two, two years ago, I mean. For the football, if you won Manchester United, won Chelsea, won this, that was better. Plus, Benetton was a t-shirt maker. We are having Formula One. Five years, was four or five years, and in 94, no? And we start fighting to win in the championship, you know? I don't think so was, uh, and we win it so badly, so good, you remember? So stopping us to four or five races, but this was stopping us to make the race more interesting. But for us, it was a disaster, because uh, we, for the team, for Michael, for me, it was really, really, really a disaster. Do you think you paved the way for Red Bull to come in and do what they did? Are there parallels between what you did and what Red Bull are doing now? Because you say you're a T-shirt maker. Some people say, well, uh, Red, Red Bull, Bull just... I think so Red Bull copying us. Red Bull uh, uh, arrived in Formula One, not to the, in the mind to copy Mercedes or copy copy Ferrari, uh, the model was Benetton. And I helped uh, Christian to have the engine uh, Renault. When we put the, uh, I done the deal with Christian to have Renault in uh, Red Bull, because I always I, I like the team, because that was a little bit like us. So we are t-shirt maker, these people was making uh, a product, uh, a drink. There's no doubt that one driver in particular helped put both Benetton and Flavio firmly on the F1 map. His name? Michael Schumacher. First I asked Flavio about what made the Germans so special, then he went on to explain how he got his hands on Schumacher in 1991 and how he dealt with accusations of favouritism towards Michael from his teammates. You know, Michael is Michael Suspecia. What makes Suspecia Messi, if you're talking about football? What makes Suspecia Ronaldo, if you take about football? Uh, he's a, he's a, a special driver, he's a special person, because it was not only a super driver, it was a motivating everybody. You know, you have a driver is coming, driving the car. Michael was there, talking with the engineer, dinner with the engineer, stay with the engineer, spend time with the engineer. I remember Michael a lot of time in the factory, you know, when we know aspect. Because in my agenda was, okay, uh, show me tomorrow, he's here after tomorrow. Uh, a lot of day I see, show me in the factory, he's coming. Tell me hello in the office. Uh, so what are you doing here? I don't know. And he talked with the engineering, etc., etc. I mean, so he'd turn up uninvited almost. Yeah, I know. It, like the team is was on the house of the, on Michael. So this was fantastic because you, you see him around with the mechanic talking. If 
we need put one pieces overnight. And we need delivery to wherever, Barcelona. All the mechanics, all the people in the factory are doing the maximum to make sure at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, the piece is finished. If it's that the one driver is coming like that and uh, really no care, the people say, well, I don't give a shit. Uh, we're doing the pieces when we are ready. This was the motivation we have in Benetton. Everybody was pushing for, uh, for Michael. And wherever we needed uh, from, the, from the race uh, to the factory for this and that, the development, we are fantastic to do it very quickly because Michael motivated not only in the race, but motivating the factory as well. This was a really, really important. How much do you remember of the, the tug of war to get him from Jordan after his first race in 91? Oh, but this was another one of rubbish. We never take from Jordan because we never have the contact with Jordan. So he never had the contact never. with him? He made the contact for one race. You remember Gachot? Yeah, yeah. Okay, problem, etc. At the contact of the race. We have in the table, I had the name in the table because, again, at the time, uh, we're looking for a young driver because we don't have the money to pay Senna. We don't have the money to pay Prost. My idea was quite simple. We need to find somebody very good, young Prost, young Senna, young Guerra, to growing with the team, okay? Because Nelson was in the end of the career. Uh, Moreno was not good enough to, to race in Formula One. And what we need doing, we need, I need for my team, pick up somebody good enough to grow in with the team, okay? And because we don't have the money to buy the, to pay the salary. I remember Senna once is coming to my house in London. And uh, what the time he fighting with Ron Dennis, you remember? He Sorry. must get one million, one million That's dollar right. every Sorry. race. 93. I call him, hey, we, have a, we have a glass of wine and this is salami in my house in London. And, and tell me, Flavio, you know, I make one million uh, race. And, uh, you know, it's impossible coming, uh, driving for you. What you offer to me? I told him, sure, I offer the salami and the cheese. It sure is better than not in McLaren. But after that, I don't have, I don't have, what I, I, I ask you is, I pay you eight million at the time because I have a sponsor that's ready to pay for eight million. You know, first I want more. Second one, really now is not your team. My 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 top line to the side. But after that, after we have super relationship, just the moment I push you in the car because you want defending uh, Moreno, not Piquet because you have the big five with Piquet. You know, but I want to defend Moreno. So, uh, come back to Jordan. Uh, Jordan had no contract with Michael Schumacher. If he had the contract with Michael Schumacher, he was driving for Jordan. The contract was quite simple. He made one race, and Jordan expected three or four hundred thousand euros from Tic Tac. And in the contract of Michael, he said, Oh, you coming with the money next race? To, uh, Monday, because this was two weeks for that. Monday, you coming with the money? Or our contract is scrambled, finito. I, I give the money to uh, with Weber. I talk about, okay, you know, I pay you for race. You know, I don't want the money from the sponsor. Whatever money, 400,000, I pay you. And you just not send the money to Eddie. It was simple. And this happened Monday, and the deadline was Monday midday. 
And after that, we, we, on Tuesday, or Wednesday, I don't remember. After that, we fly to Monza. I even no contact with, uh, at all. This was the story. There was no contact. When they were shouting, I have a contact. Oh, there was a lot of shouting. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, but no contact. Because if he made the contact, it was driving for him. Bernie was in the middle, jumping from one couch to another one in Villa d'Este. And it's the first time I, I see Bernie drunk. <laughs> because well, glass I thought of, that would help, getting him drunk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it was so funny, Bernie. He was jumping from one, my couch and Jordan's couch. Did he, he wanted Schumacher in your car, did he? At the time, yes. Because first, he understand we have, uh, we have a contact. Okay. We have, I have only one problem, was Moreno. Because he had a contract for the race, obviously. Yeah. So how did you overcome that? But this was a very, very... So I told him Moreno during the week. I told him Moreno, you know what? I, for you, the last two races you're doing. You know, Monza was two more races to go. So next year, you are not with us anymore because I have something different. I pay you your salary just to the end. I give you a bonus if you stop. If you stop, if you talk about okay. And I remember, uh, uh, we are in the airport here in Nice. Tell me, ah, I don't know, and he talked with my wife. I told what do you mean to your wife? What do to do with your wife? And after that, he called me, tell me, no, no not, uh, okay, fine. We so, have so, a, so Moreno said he wanted to drive yeah, the car in, yeah, right? I think so, we have a, the contract between Moreno and us was not really a good contract, writing well, because I remember, at one point, because it was the first contract, I, I, I put a lot of mistake. And uh, I remember uh, the lawyer of the team, and one day time, you need to redo the contract with Moreno, because it, it, it's not clear the difference between chassis and car. So what do you mean? You know, chassis, tell me, is the shell. Car is the shell with the tire and this and that and that. I remember we put inside the contract with the, with the chassis. So at one point, I go to Monta, it was Moreno and the judge. You don't remember, it was sitting in the garage. And uh, when I, I was in the helicopter, I remember what the lawyer told me. Uh, you know, the judge simply uh, tell me, you know this guy? Yes, I know this guy. Talking about, you know, uh, if you're looking for the contract, George, you see, we're talking about chassis, we're never talking about car. So he's allowed to stay in the, the garage, in the chassis, but the car means tire, uh, engine, this and that, and that. So when Moreno started understand, we done the deal. And Michael was, uh, was driving the car. How interesting. And what did PK say about it all? Ooh. <laughs> PK, again. Not happy, I'm guessing. No. PK, again, was in the motor room. And, uh, you know, you put this uh, young German and this and that shitty, you know, it's typical of the driver, no? You know, not driving the car, you know, not driving this, you know, not driving this, he done one race, he done two laps, he fell, and this and that and that. It was, oh, no. I told with Villa de Pra, we have a, we have a, a test driver, uh, Zanardi. I tell, tell uh, Zanardi to put the uniform, the helmet, uh, to walk in front of the motorhome. And, uh, in Monza, eh? In Monza, in Monza. So we, we tell me, tell me, I know driving this team, you know, I never see stuff like this. This is not the way to operating, and and uh, at one point I see Zanardi <laughs> walking back. If we can tell who's this guy, so it's Zanardi. What, what is what is what is doing? 
I tried this one God, God doing the seat in, in the garage. What seat? Your. You tell me you don't want to drive. For me, let's go down, doing the seat with this. We are ready for the qualify tomorrow, Friday. I had the time to change the name, etc., etc. You need just sign me. You don't want to drive, blah, 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 blah. And uh, with this, you go to the Federation. To, no, no, no. I don't drive. No, 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 no. I was driving the car. That's a great story. No, it's a reality. <laughs> I went to Michael in the car because yeah. I believe Willie yeah. and Tom Working Show was a very good friend as well at the time. Mm. Willie, we believe it. This was the guy we needed. Well, he came straight in and out-qualified Piquet, didn't he? Out-qualified yeah. him, yeah, out-raced him, was finished upset. fifth. I, I think so. Piquet believed. Nobody believed Michael was so quick. Yeah. Okay. Because in effect, in Monza, in Monza, in a Spa, in that seven laps, six laps after playing the clutch, I don't know, stop, no? remember but mm. when we test Michael in Pembury but Simos called me tell me you found somebody very special this guy is fucking amazing he's really amazing he's uh, never seen stuff like that so I have already this in my mm. my mind and after that you know Michael was uh, the rest as they say is history isn't it but can you clarify just a couple of things was he your number one driver? Because it seems a lot of the drivers who went up against him in the same team say they didn't no, have the same you know opportunity. What? Simple like that. Uh, when I understand the world champion was one driver and the constructor champion was everybody together. For me, it was simple. Who's the driver give me more guarantee to winning the world champion? I don't want to fight between. You know, I've always... For me, at the time, I was always against to have a two top driver fighting. At the time, was uh, Prost with Senna. You know, Mansell with, I don't remember who. Well, with Prost at Ferrari, for example. Ferrari. Yes. So, for me, number one, number two, the team, the car is from the team. It's not owned by the driver, okay? I tell always that. The car is my car, you know, you know your car. I don't want accidents, I don't want to... And after that, the driver number one is the quick one. If the guy finishing the race in front of the other one. Number one, number two, number three. It's a, in the business, if you have a, a six or seven commercial director, the number one is be the guy selling more sponsor, doing better package, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's natural. So, so he didn't get favorable conditions inside the team. He was just quicker. No, he was just quicker. He was right. quicker than not beginning. Yeah. After two or three days. When Michael, we had a big fight with Patrese, okay? Patrese is coming to me as Pa. In 1993, yeah. we're talking now. Yeah. Yeah. Spa is coming, coming to me, tell me, I'm very happy because uh, uh, Michael Carr is better, Michael Carr is this, the engineer of Michael is better, the engineer is this, is that, this, is that, this, is that. Well, you're right. I think so, you're right. Let's do something to help you, okay? I go to the garage. I talk with uh, Rory, uh, Ross, to Ross. Now we swap the car. In front of Patrese, the car of the Ricardo, you give to Sam. Eh? The engineering of the micro, you give to Patrese. I want to just clarify. I told with Michael, Michael was quite upset. I told him, you know, if you are accept, you just fucking go quick. After that, we resolve the problem for one forever. And uh, it is uh, Michael was much, much, much quicker and opportunity, so was a second. So it was difficult to the people accept 
from uh, Martin Brando. Martin Brando was the only one, in one way or another one way, close to, to Michael. So Brando was the closest to Michael that you had in your team? Yeah. Was the, because everybody else was cleaned up by, by, by Michael. Brando, because maybe Brando have not the, the, not the, the idea to beat him. You know, he wants to just compete. But Patricia wants to stay in front of him. Piquet wants to stay in front of him. Da, da, da. It's not working. I think so, Michael, the attitude of uh, uh, Martin Brandor was the best attitude. He knew that the one was terrific, was quick, quick, quick. But Martin, in the only qualifying race, I, I think so, if you go check, was the quick. Schumacher and Benetton's first title success came in 1994. Remember Adelaide and the controversial collision with Damon Hill? But that was just the tip of the iceberg in what remains one of the most tragic and controversial seasons in the history of Formula One. Here are Flavio's memories of that year, which not only saw Senna's death, but Benetton accused of running illegal traction control involved in a controversial fire at Hockenheim and then subject to various penalties as things became fractious between Flavio and FIA president Max Mosley. Can we talk about the 94 season now? Early races, I think it's been often quoted now, Senna saying that there was something wrong, different about Schumacher's car. Do you remember he got taken out at the first corner in yeah. Autopolis and, and he listened on the side of the road, traction control, that kind of thing. Um, how do you reflect on that now? The, 1994, was, I, I think so, was, uh, again. This was Max Sarbi uh, against to, to us, to, to everybody. So everything started. Senna we're talking about 1994. Senna, I remember we are in the, in the, in the test in Hockenheim, uh, in Germany, right? the B5 in Michael, okay? After I, I called both in my motor room and we made peace, okay? And after Michael really, I remember when Senna had the accident in Imola, Michael wanted to stop to race. Michael was coming very, very close to, to Ayrton, okay? But the time was really a disaster between these two. I told me, Michael, you know, Michael, Senna is five-time championship. For you, you just arrived, you are okay. To fight it for the World Championship is the most stupid idea is possible you have. Just stop it, make peace with him, okay. So, we are very quick. Our car was very quick. Ross was a technical director, and I remember when uh, Charlie arrived in the Benetton, doing all the check of the, of the car, Found everybody still have because they, before we had the traction control, no. Everybody still still have the the, the, the system, but if you had the system and you use it, obviously as a system you use it. It started was very clear in the office. But no, no. For me, everything's fine. You guys never use it. Fine. And uh, Ross, I trust Ross because Ross at the time, we we know the car was good, both car was good. And after that, we arriving in uh, uh, racing in uh, Silverstone with the black flag. So Silverstone, when happened, only Max found out at one point, Shumi overtake Damon Hill in the formation lap. Okay. Nobody knew. We start the race and started the, the campaign against us. You know, we, we have... Uh, we have uh, three race bandit. We have, uh, but we never was punished by the traction control. A lot of talk, put a lot of shit in the press, but we never punished. 
because when no, we approve, we use it. And uh, after that, we need to choose what is the race we don't want to race with Michael. You know, because there's three race banded, and we need to choose the three race. We choose the race, and we choose Hockenheim. Why did you choose Hockenheim? Hockenheim? I don't want to be racing Hockenheim because it was the long straight. We have the engine crossword. But Schumacher's home race. No, but maybe we want to win the world champion, and we don't want to win the home race. I was completely agree with Michael. Michael was over agree. And that was the revolution there, Hockenheim. You remember the the people was hunting uh, the Williams uh, the Williams mechanic, and uh, Max called me tell me with the mayor of the Hockenheim and this and that, the people start put the fire no in the forest. So Michael was really no one to race. You know, at the time we want to we know was we sub, we are sabotating by Max because the stuff at the flag was no sense. What had you done looking at the bigger picture to upset? the authorities so much that they started singling you out. Is that's what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah. What do you feel you've done? Why do because you f- Benetton winning was not really what uh, Max wanted. No, Max was interfering a lot in the sport. In the, was not Jean Todt, you have a, a president of here. Max was interfering with the driver, with, with everybody. Max was really a director of the, of the race. And do you think in Spa, when the... the Remember the, the, the plank under the car? Again. Is that another example of what you're talking yeah, about? Absolutely. Everybody know if Pan and uh, him heard the, 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 the blanket in the curb. Well, was so clear. And we are disqualified again for that. What were relations between you and Max like at the time? Well, no relationship because uh, I remember again, uh, Max was like that, you know, Max was very vindicative. And he uh, said that, you know, was very intelligent, very smart. Was good, uh, was good president of federation because in the end, at the time was with all the fight with the team, at one point, he was there. So, talk about Max, I have 80% of very good, very good, and 20% was so bad to cancel the 80% good. Mm. <laughs> but were you able to ring him up no, mid-94 and it... Have a, big, have a civilized conversation yeah. with him about it. Yeah, but with Max, Max uh, it was difficult to have a civilized conversation because he was right all the time, you know. And uh, in in the end, we managed to win the championship. Okay, this was uh, the more important. But we racing Okenheim and went up and we blow out the engine because we know that. You know, Okenheim was this three kilometers straight. We start first. We know the, the, this engine was very fragile. Was not the engine to compete with Ferrari, with McLaren, with Williams, etc., etc. Williams at the time. Williams are Renault. Uh, and uh, like that. And after that, we managing uh, to win for one point. And there was, while we're talking about Hockenheim, of course, there was the fire as well. Yeah, sure. Do you remember? We had, after, you had traction control. You had it all going on, didn't you? Yeah, traction control, <laughs> you never found the evidence. Yeah. Because Charlie was very correct. Charlie didn't see any evidence, we, have, we use it, you know. And it's very easy with the computer to understand if you use uh, one device or you don't use it, okay? But this was a suspicion because we start very well. Instead to tell the engineering of Benetton done an amazing job, in Formula One, if you are Benetton, Immediately you're cheating. If Ferrari doing this, it's fantastic. It's good team, amazing effort for the team. If McLaren was done that, oh, amazing. Ron Dennis' team is the best. 
Oh, Frank, poor Frank, my fantastic uh, job. Benetton, cheating, okay? But not, we are not credibility because we are Benetton to building a car quicker than anybody else. And after in 1995, we won 14, 15 races, 16. So, I mean, we are good enough to do the job, you know? But it was always uh, suspicious about uh, Benetton. And basta. But after, you know, in the end, somebody equalized everything. So we missed in three or four races, and we won the world champion anyway. We deserve to win the world champion. We lost the constructor, but we won the, the micro championship. Mind you, that Adelaide was, um, I'm sure it's the way Ma Michael wouldn't have wanted to win it that way. Is that fair comment? Well, it, it's not Michael to win the race, it's uh, Demon Hill lost the race. I mean, not Michael won the race because Michael had the accent, okay? And Tiso Demonil lost the race. If the guy don't understand uh, to, I mean, at this point, it's not the photo of Michael, it's the photo of Demon. Well, I think there are some people out there who would say that Michael turned in on. Yeah, but if Demonil, if Demonil was not there because he you know Michael had the accident and the, and the, and the Maybe Damon uh, didn't know. I mean, may, maybe Damon didn't know. I don't. Uh, sure, uh, with the radio. Yeah. Sure, sure, maybe. Yeah. With the radio, you just wait yeah. after you pass him. But what's your take on Michael? You've talked about his brilliance as a driver, his brilliance as a team player. But I mean, you know, Adelaide. Okay, you say it was Damon's fault, but still, it, it not Damon's fault. Damon lost the race. Okay, Damon lost the race, but but Michael did perhaps turn in on him. I well, think that's well, indisputable. Michael, Michael, uh, Michael done everything he needed to do in this case. Do you think he went too far? Eh? Do you think he went too far? No, but too far the punishing. And uh, you see, in Adelaide, maybe we need punishing Michael, but Max don't have the balls to punishing again because it was a persecution. I see, okay. He's done so much uh, rubbish before. He couldn't uh, do it again. Exactly. <laughs> okay. this, is, this is the history, it's clear. But then when he goes to Jerez in 1997 and turns in on, on Villeneuve. I mean, for all the brilliance of Michael Schumacher, do you accept that there were flaws there and that he was impetuous? And, Ma and Ma Michael, was, uh, okay. Michael was very, very, very competitive. And Michael was very aggressive driver. Okay? Sometimes he put the mistake as well because uh, Michael under pressure was, like every driver, no? put the mistake. We know it was a mistake because it was really unnecessary. You know, at the time with uh, we know, but you know when you're racing, everybody have a different uh, style. The people was complaining about Verstappen, George Verstappen. Everybody was complaining. So Verstappen for me is the more uh, is, is the perfect driver to see driving the car. So you need as well some driver. Me Formula One. When I remember at the time of the Nigel Mansell. Senna, you know, Senna and Prost, you remember, in, uh, went up in, in, in Japan, okay? Nigel. But Formula One is a gladiator formula. It's the more power pinnacle of the motorsport, etc., etc. Sometimes it's dangerous sport, because still very dangerous sport. But the people love it as well when you have a fighting between driver, accident, and uh, and uh, it's part of the uh, it's part of the game. Your guys, 
If all the race is clean, perfect, you're not talking, you're not riding, you're not talking about nothing. No, that's you're looking for the controversial all the time. Mm. I remember every time there was a controversial, you have a, finishing the race, you have 50 people in your neck. If it's not controversial, you win, you win easy, nobody cares. Do you think what he did in Adelaide was just a, a reflection of the pressure? And 100%. 100%. But this was the pressure. It's been, it's been a long old year. Yeah. We have a, we spend uh, one week in Adelaide and uh, we're never talking about race, we're talking about everything else. My, me, uh, Michael deserved to win because he was the best driver and we had the best car, simple as that. Everybody tried to make us lose in the, the championship and we succeed. This was uh, uh, fantastic uh, for me, for the team, for Michael. Because the team know, if you're cheating or whatever is in the team, after we go back, the people know. It's no question. The people know. And uh, Ross, uh, Pat, Rory, when we're talking about uh, this uh, traction control, I ask him because I don't know myself. You know, I don't know if we have, a, uh, uh, we have something. And when we have a, a child in the office, was clear. And after Max pick up again, you know, was no stop. Whatever Charlie said, Max in top of Charlie, and this and that and that. And this was really a kind of the persecution to us. Michael Schumacher, of course, ended up leaving Benetton and joining Ferrari, where he was joined by the likes of fellow Benetton men, Ross Braun and Rory Byrne, to create a super team. So can we talk about the impact of Schumacher leaving on Benetton? Okay, you had that wonderful season in 95. You must have felt, Michael, we've just dominated. What have I got to do to keep you? Why did he go to Ferrari? And were you worried from the outset that he'd take Ross and Rory and... This is part of the... I know Michael wants to be in Ferrari. Okay, I believe every racer, every former one racer, at one point want to land in Ferrari, you know, for a million reasons. When he told me that, I was uh, I was not surprised because we want Michael with us. We want two championship very quickly. Okay, in five years we want to have three years. Uh, I think so. He was feeling was too easy, and want to be Benetton and want to have the challenge in Ferrari. Plus was the money, the salary Ferrari offered to him I mean, it was uh, was impossible for me to match. How much more? I don't remember. Double? Eh? Was it double? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the end, you, you know, we keep a good relationship. When you won the first race in Ferrari, was the first to go to the garage uh, to compliment everything. But it's part of the... And uh, we're looking as well to find another one driver. Uh, after, you know, we burnt when we Renault, we found Fernando Alonso. You never, you know, happen. You know, people want to go there, go there. And uh, and after, sure, Ferrari picked up a few people from uh, from Benetton because it was normal. Ross and uh, Rory. Rory was the first one. But take five years, I think, so before winning the championship. You know, take a long time for... Uh, I sure, if Michael was staying in Benetton, we win another one-two championship. This is what they tell him. To, uh, Michael, you're young, now you have the money. Let's take two more years win two championships, and after you go to Ferrari, you charge more, because you are four-time championship and not uh, two-time. Anyway, this uh, was life. Now, you mentioned Fernando Alonso. It took you a while to find 
another young driver, wasn't it? Yeah. So Michael leaves you at the end of '95, yeah. and Alonso only sort of comes along. No, first I was uh, six uh, years later because I like always young Alesi because I believe Jean is a very quick driver, and maybe in one uh, environment like Benetton was less pressure and not uh, in Ferrari, but I put a mistake. <laughs> Uh, super driver, super guys, but uh, really was not performing like I believed to perform. And the car was very good at the time. And uh, and the same was uh, Gerard. Gerard at the end of the career, he may have a physical problem still about you know the accident. He may have said said anyway. Was one year of transaction after arriving the after I left because I arrived in Wurz and. Uh, Physical, blah, blah, blah. So, at the point of the, when Michael got to Ferrari, I said another one, two years, and after I sold my 30% to Benetton and uh, done something else. Flavio managed plenty of drivers, including the likes of Mark Webber, but it was only with Fernando Alonso that he achieved a level of success that was similar to what he'd managed with Schumacher. I started by asking him which of these two giants was the best. Before we got on to talking about Renault, the team that Benetton became, and Alonso's decision to leave Renault for McLaren in 2007. Can we talk about Alonso then? I mean, very bluntly, who was better, Fernando Alonso or Michael Schumacher? You know, it's better uh, Messi or Ronaldo. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Fernando is, is, is Spanish, but is less emotional than Michael. Michael is uh, with the sure a relationship with the with the mechanic. Michael was pushing everybody to the limit, but Fernando as well. Fernando is a, a kind of the, you know a rottweiler. You know, he never give up. You know, he's always barking behind you, etc., etc. And uh, for me, it was one race. It was a race in Imola. Uh, we won the race and Michael finished second. 2005, brilliant race, remember. 2005. You see, these two champions were basically similar. It was 2005. And uh, for 15 or 20 laps, Michael was in the gearbox of the Fernando. Fernando put zero mistake. Michael put zero mistake. It was an amazing, amazing race. Always I had this race in my mind. Me, were very similar driver. Very similar. How hard was it for you to make Fernando a test driver in 2002? Again, he joins Renault. You had Jensen Button and Jano yeah, Trulian. Yeah. This was my decision, my call. And uh, I have all the, your guys on the British press against me because your guys, you believe uh, Jensen was a great driver. You know, Jensen was very good. But I need a side. You know, I know Fernando. I feel that Fernando was another one Schumacher. So... At the time, was uh, only the possibility to fire, not fire, because uh, we, we ended the contract. I now renewed the contract, Jenson, and uh, I put Michael in the car. Fernando. Fernando in the car. Against everybody, including the team, because the team, we have uh, the British uh, people in the team, no? And Jenson Button was really a new star, etc., etc. But I... Was one moment Jensen was not performing well to to match soon, you know, and the party, 
etc etc I'm going to play devil's advocate I think surely you can see that in 2002 Jensen's performances were very good yeah but I believe it Michael uh, Jensen was super driver Fernando was what we're looking for to growing again the team Renault like we done it, it we done the same movie with two different actors Jenson, super. Jenson, nice guy. Really lovely guy. Uh, the, for the first time, we have an amazing, good press in UK. Because whatever Jenson done, it was terrific. And uh, when I changed Jenson, Jenson was no more terrific. And uh, I put Fernando. I remember in the press conference, that only the future tell me if I'm wrong or wrong. I feel sorry for Jenson. I'm sure he found another one team. He found another one team immediately. because, And we put Fernando. How different was the vibe at the time between Benetton and Renault? The same, same people. But did the pressure or having a manufacturer, being owned by a manufacturer as opposed to a T-shirt manufacturer, as you described them, well, was my, the vibe no, different? It was much better at the manufacturer, especially the manufacturer never won a championship because, you know, Renault never won nothing. This was clear. So, sure, the manufacturer was completely different. If I go to Treviso uh, to see Luciano Benetton, we are the office and we see the shop and the tricot and the sweater. I go to Renault as a technical area. Uh, fantastic, you know. We have, a, we have a fantastic people in the, in the engine. We have fantastic people. And my big problem there was connecting the, motor, the engine people with the chassis people. So we, we create an event. Every week we have an event from uh, London to go to Paris, and every another uh, one week the Paris people are coming to. So what I try to do because the competition between uh, the English and between the chassis, you know, the chassis is good, the engine is shit, the engine is good, the chassis is shit. I stop all this. This was the big job to stop that. I spend a lot of time in Paris, and. Uh, I try to explain to everybody, if you want to win, it's not the best chassis. I, I told about I don't want the best chassis. I don't want the best engine. I just want the packaging winning the race. After leaving the best engine to Ferrari, uh, leaving the best uh, chassis to whatever, Red Bull, I, I don't want the best. I want just a combination between the two to win in the race. Forget it. So we created a very good uh, relationship between the French and the English. Respect to the first race when we arrived in Manicourt, was the English design, the frog, and other one design <laughs> in the motor home. was a disaster. And the management of the Renault, top management for Patrick Ford, consent, top. Super top support. Very Chatillon, the people was very excited to operate with, uh, with us. So it was a, a fantastic team. And the team was really a complicity between the, the all the player, motorist, uh, chassis, you no know, chassis, engineering, the briefing, was uh, ideal, fantastic. Can you compare the success you had in two thousand five six with Alonso and Renault to the success you had with Schumacher in ninety four ninety five? Well, a different game, you know. Was, uh, first, we had the manufacturing, everybody respecting us a lot. But you were still the underdogs. You didn't have the same budget as a lot of the other teams out there. In but, you know, have the budget. Uh, the worst way you tell somebody to give the budget to somebody. What did the guy spend it? All the budget immediately. I never give the budget to anybody. I am less, sure. 
by ILS because we, need to, uh, we don't need the, the budget of Ferrari to winning. So every time we, need have, we have the budget for doing the normal season, no? And after every time somebody ever requests me budget for doing something different, I want to understand what it is. And after I decide if I give the money or not. Because sometimes the engineering is very, uh, very peculiar, the engineering. Come to talk with you, we need this for this and that, because this is the car, blah, blah. So, okay, fantastic. How quick is the car if you had this? Mm. You don't need looking at that, so just fucking forget it. Come back with something better. You know, I was looking always at performance. If we have plenty of money, we have less money to everybody, I agree, but we have enough money to win the championship. Is it a coincidence that you only you won two championships on the bounce at Benetton, two championships on the bounce at Renault? Is that is no, that Renault with a fourth championship? But two I'm talking about sure. That's a fair point. But uh, two seasons of yeah. success. Do you feel the sort of cyclical nature of Formula One meant that you only had two seasons in you? No, but you know, uh, Benetton. What would it have taken uh, no, for you but, to win in two thousand seven? No, Benetton. Uh, if, uh, if Michael decided to go to Ferrari two years later, we won another one, two champions. I don't know. Had Alonso decided to stay with you for 2007, do you think you would have won that championship? 100%. 100%. Right. Yeah. I go to McLaren. Again, this, I was not happy because this was really, this was not uh, show me to go to Ferrari. This was Fernando to go to McLaren. And Fernando, no, for me, the the more uh, uh, McLaren was never in my dream to be in McLaren and on the same he wanted to go to McLaren. Especially, I tell him, you have uh, the new guy, and the new guy was Lewis Hamilton, so, but the new guy is in the pocket of the Ron Dennis, like you with me, and I promise you, you go there, you have the fighting, and the guy is protected by Ron Dennis. And what was Fernando's reaction when you no, said no, that? No, 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 and quicker. And nobody, I think so. The point is nobody, including Ron Dennis, understand a quick was Hamilton. Because if Ron Dennis understand a quick was Hamilton, you know, spend the amount of money pay Fernando. Because if I know in my house, I have a driver created in my house so quick, why I need another one, mm. you know? Mm. It was a big fight. You know. How involved did you get in the breakdown of the relationship between Alonso and McLaren? Because and... oh, no, no, you were his manager, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My yeah. teacher, Ron Dennis, was done everything by himself. You know, you don't need to help him. He, he done everything by himself. You know, <laughs> just watching, and uh, he done everything by himself. It got pretty nasty, though, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the reason why uh, I don't done nothing. I just watch because I know happened. After two races, when you see the change of tire was done by first by uh, Hamilton and second by Barroso, it's enough. Because I know Fernando. If after that started being bomb, bam, bam, bam. What about Fernando going to Red Bull? That was mooted. So, so end of 2007. Well, we, we, we never discussed about Red Bull. Really? Because at the end of two seven, obviously Fernando has to go somewhere. He comes back to Renault, and but there was wasn't there. I remember there was a lot of talk at the time of him going to Red Bull. We never have. A, I think Christian Horner even mentioned yeah. it no, right, quite recently. But but. No, uh, honestly, I tell you whatever it is. No, no, mm. Fernando uh, at one point uh, again it was Ferrari. That was his next destination. Yeah. yeah. 
And, uh, but nothing, Red Bull, we never, okay. Red Bull, with Christian Warner, I helped him to add the engine, okay? Uh, and the uh, competitive engine, because I believe as well, if you have a Red Bull with the same engine, you're shaking everybody in our team, you know? And everybody was against again, you know? This was brilliant to do this. And after we connected with Nissan, Nissan arriving board. No, I don't, I, I never see, uh, we, we never go close to, to have a, a contract with Red Bull. Okay. Looking at Fernando now, how up to speed is he with Formula One? Is he staying? Fernando is very, you know, Fernando in the last year of Formula One uh, was very unhappy guy. Now he's happy. He's doing all this uh, race, he's enjoying. Mean, uh, he's happy. He's, uh, when we talk with him, he's always smiling, happy. He, in Formula One, looked like it was very, the last year, two years, was really, the car was not competitive, the engine was not competitive, ever, no patience to wait. The organization in McLaren was really not uh, the best organization in the world as well. So now, McLaren is done better. Fernando is happy because he's doing, uh, you see, he, he's driving from the sand to 24 hour Le Mans. He's a racer. He racing anything is move. Everything at four tire or two tire, two wheel is uh, doing. You know Formula One, you know how the Japanese operate, yeah. Mild 7, all those deals that you put together. When Fernando was being outspoken about Honda on the radio, yeah. GP2 engine, for example, you must have been aware that the ramifications of that uh, sure. were going to haunt him. Sure, but this... Uh, no, no, my, uh, this was wrong. And uh, because whatever you're doing, you know, we have the problem. We have as well the problem. Uh, if uh, with Michael, with Cosworth, you know, because uh, Cosworth really never invested money to make sure, for, for, this is the reason I signed with Renault, because I know with Cosworth going nowhere, you know. But again, the Japanese arriving, I have the very good example with me, with the Japanese in Honda. And for me, the Japanese, the Japanese take time, but sure arrive. You know, he's doing the marathon, he's doing, you know, take time. I arrived to the end. My, I noticed it was only the engine there. I think it was all the team was, uh, was a disaster. The team was really a disaster. After the team, with all the trouble, you might want to do Indianapolis, want to do that. I mean, was a lot of distraction and nobody was concentrating on the point. Flavio remains close to Fernando, so it was very interesting to hear what he had to say, especially on talks of a comeback in 2021. Do you think he still got it? Yeah. If he did come back next year, do you think he still got what yeah, it takes? 100%. He's a road wider. 100%. Yeah. What opportunities do you think? We'll, there will see. Be? Oh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, now, he's a lot of contrast buyer and the people moving up and down. we we'll see. Where would you like to see him? I do like to see Fernando wanted to, to the, at least 50% of the possibility where you start the race to winning the race. So we're looking, do you think we're just looking at the top three teams? It's not so many, no? Yeah, yeah. You sure. have a Mercedes, you have yeah. Ferrari, you have a Bull. For all of his success in F1, and that's four drivers' titles and three constructors' titles, Flavio attracted his fair share of controversy. He fronted the Breakaway Teams Championship in 2009, but that came after the decade-defining Singapore Grand Prix where one of Flavio's drivers, Nelson Piquet Jr., crashed his car deliberately in an effort to help Alonso win the race. 
Flavio was banned from F1 after that, although his ban was overturned later on. Here's how Flavio reflects on that race now. But for me, the more uh, important, I was, for the first time, I was not cleaned up by the World Council of the Formula Mouse, because this is Mickey Mouse, World Council. This is Max decide everybody to yes. Okay, it's not next race, you don't have the pass anymore, the wife uh, stay in Chile, you know, coming to London, etc., etc. I was cleaned completely by the Grand Jury in Paris. For me, it's enough. And I was cleaned up with the deal with, uh, with uh, Max. Okay? Because when he decided to abandon me, after one hour, call me, or I call him, tell me, no, no, we need sitting together, we, now we need to find a way. Okay, I thought Max with me, you don't find any way, I go straight in court. And uh, it was all the public relation fear, because fear was sure to win in court, no? In France, fear, me. Lost everything. Wherever our, uh, lost everything. And he paid me 15,000 was symbolic, you know, because I asked one million, give me 15,000. But my Flavio Briatore name was cleaned up completely by the grand jury. And not by the World Council, because the World Council we know was, uh, Max, uh, puppy, and uh, tell Max tell no, no, yes, yes. And know in the World Council was uh, a lot of people against the decision to ban me from Formula One, but Max was too strong. Are we ever going to see you in Formula One again? No, for what? I'm happy, I'm happy because I've done a lot in Formula One, I make a lot of money in Formula One, and this was, uh, I made me happy. I buy Minardi, I sold Minardi, I buy Liger, I sold Liger. Did I you buy, buy Minardi? Did you buy Minardi because you were hoping BAT, British American Tobacco, would buy it from you? No, no, no. I buy Minardi because Minardi was a friend of mine was in bankruptcy. Oh, okay. This was reason by Minardi. That was, what, 96, wasn't it? And then the Ligier opportunity? Yeah, Ligier, I bought Ligier because I need the engine Renault in the car. Be, uh, if not, Williams had the contract, exclusivity contract, two team only with the engine Renault. Okay. So that was in '94, wasn't it? 94. So that's how you ended up with the Renault engine at Benetton yeah, in '94. Uh, yeah. I bought uh, I bought Liget. I think it's a very good job. Again, every race after the race, my car was taken pieces by Charlie and everybody. This was Max again, you know, because uh, was uh, Benetton and uh, people from Liget. I uh, I decided to have a. Benetton to help Ligier, you know, like everybody done it, like Frank Williams done before. But Frank was fine. Frank was done the front wind, everything, you know. And every race we have, we have the, our car, Ligier, was taking pieces. To check, make sure I have no same, the same, uh, the same, uh, or the Benetton. You know, every race. But the last one, our team was the last one to live in the race because it was inspection by fear, every race. And we won one race with Ligier, a miracle, with a French driver, yeah. a Monte Carlo. Olivier Panis, 1996. I sold it to Prost. And uh, we sold to Prost, Ligier was 4-5 in the championship, and after going bankruptcy. So, I mean, the difference to managing uh, the same product. A Prost was French, with the support of the government, everybody. I was not French. I don't have the support to anybody, and done it by myself. I felt we couldn't end the conversation there. So I brought him up to the here and now, to Formula One 2020. I was fascinated to get his views on the current grid, starting with Lewis Hamilton, and how he felt about the prospect of the British driver equaling Schumacher's record of seven world titles. Michael was fighting with the big guy, 
with Senna, with, uh, you know, Michael, uh, you need to recognize when Michael arrived, I mean, the client was tough. You talk about Nigel Marcel, you're talking about Senna. Now, is uh, less, you know, the competition, you have two drivers, three drivers. The competition is less respect before. But Hamilton, again, if nobody put the pressure to him, he's, uh, he's walk away. So if a Verstappen or a Leclerc can get close enough to him? Like for everybody. When Schumacher have somebody close, he put a mistake. Fernando, he put a mistake. Everybody put a mistake. If he's driving like a taxi driver with the end outside of the car, he's winning everything because he's a super driver. He's a fantastic guy. He's only Hamilton. He's two-star in Formula 1. He's Hamilton and Verstappen. What do you feel about Leclerc? Charles Leclerc Lee. is young, big boss, because he's demonstrating. I believe if I was, uh, if I was in Ferrari, I put Leclerc already two years ago to replace Raikkonen. Because, you know, with Raikkonen, you go nowhere. You never win nothing with him. No, At the time, I take the risk to put Leclerc. But Leclerc is, uh, is, uh, is a really, really strong guy. So you could say we've got three stars then, according to to you. We've got Leclerc, we've got Verstappen, we've got Hamilton. Yeah, but Leclerc is not recognizable now. Verstappen for me is the more incredible driver. He's very, he's fantastic in the way of overtaking, in the way he's there, in the way he's, uh, he's a gladiator. Do you think he's better than his dad? I tell the dad, it's no, it's no question. That, not the, one. the name is the same, but the driver is completely different. You know, sure it's better. I wish I have this one in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I tell the father, I talk about Jesus Christ. I wish I had your son in the car and not you. And your said, uh, did he agree or not? Not sure, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Well, Flavio, it's been a wonderful chat. Thank you very much for your time. Good to see you, you right. again. Good to see you. Ale. All right. Ciao. Ciao. Imagine Max Verstappen as Michael Schumacher's teammate at Benetton in 1994. Now there's a thought. Some fabulous insights from Flavio there. I'm not sure he's going to be on Ron Dennis's Christmas card list this year, but then again, you don't get the impression that he ever was, do you? This conversation reminded me how much I miss Flavio in Formula One. He was controversial, yes, but he was different and I liked that about him. He was a heavyweight team boss who had a presence and he caught people's attention for both good and bad. Flavio, thanks for your time. It was great to catch up. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show and please remember to rate and review us. And if you haven't yet subscribed to Beyond the Grid, we're on Apple, Spotify and all of your favourite podcast apps. And we'll be back next week with another great conversation with a guest from the world of Formula One. And we promise we'll do our best to keep these conversations flowing, even in this difficult time. In the meantime, if you want to drop me a message about the show, I'm at Tom Clarkson F1 on Twitter, or you can use the hashtag F1 Beyond the Grid. As I always say, we really do love and read all of your comments. Beyond the Grid is produced by F1 in association with Audio Boom. Until next time, stay safe, stay home, keep washing those hands, and keep it flat out.